Hey everyone, welcome to the Sometimes Sensical podcast where four friends compare notes on life and share experiences. We're happy you're here. Uh, this is Grant Rasmussen. I'm Shadrach Biggs. I'm James Wangler. And I'm Drew Kavner. So we're excited to talk about uh, a really near and dear topic to our heart. Um, that's a topic that has, I think, influenced our lives a lot. And that is the internet. So with that dramatic intro, uh, James had a good question. What is the first um, experience or memory you have with the internet? Yeah, I've got one. So I remember um, back in back in the day when I was at uni, um and we had developed the first uh modems and just i remember just how invigorating it was when i received that very first um hello message from uh the other scientists and, and it was that, so that's the episode <laughs> Drew invented the internet. Yeah. It was so empowering when we finally received that funding from DARPA. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Drew has a smug look on his face right now for all uh, the he thinks he's He thinks he's so clever. <laughs> yep. Well, Drew, you know, your, your first experience reminds me of mine. And Oliver's apparently. Um, no, yeah. So you, if that was your mine, mine was Webkins. So kind of in the same vein there in terms of in terms of historical moments. But uh, get my first Webkins and like logging on and like get my little pet set up and then talking to people via Webkins, dude. That was crazy, man. I could see James as a Webkins kid. Dude, it blew my it blew my mind that I could like talk to people. All He's that kid who has like twelve Webkins. Like <laughs> I have. I think at the height of my heyday, I had like three or four. Um, but I had, a, I remember I had a bird and that was really cool because he would like fly. And I thought that was just absolutely wild that he could fly. Um, so yeah, it was probably Webkins. And then fifth grade, we got like Chromebooks. But this was like 2008. Um, and not a lot of schools were doing this. So they didn't really, hadn't figured out like how to filter the Chromebooks or like how to block apps and stuff. So they had very rudimentary, like, oh, you can't install new things on the computer. But uh, they left Google Chats enabled for the whole class. Um, so a bunch of fifth graders that were supposed to use their laptops during class all the time with Google Chats enabled. And they hadn't blocked any websites at all. We would just play games like cool math games, uh, mini clip, uh, Squiggly's Playhouse, like the OG flash game sites we would, we would spend hours during the day playing those and to this day those are the worst grades i've ever gotten was fifth grade because they gave us chromebooks and let us just chat with our friends all day and play games and they never they never really cracked down on that those are my those are my earliest memories of, of the internet webkins and fifth grade all That's right awesome. do you guys remember I don't know if you guys ever went through this phase, but there is at one point 
in most of our lives where there was just this random disconnected desktop uh, at our house or something, or an old, old laptop. Like your parents just let you mess around. And they had all those like pre-downloaded games, like the pinball machine and, and uh, Minesweeper, um, chess, all those good games. So my first experience with the internet, as far as I can remember, is I was playing Minesweeper and I had no idea how to play it. I was getting frustrated. And so I had to like search how to play Minesweeper. And uh, I still didn't understand it until I was about 15. So um, yeah, basically I, I had to Google how to use the offline games because uh, I didn't know what was going on. And then that didn't even work. So it was kind of a, a letdown as far as the internet goes. So Drew, I don't, I don't know if you needed those notes to kind of improve the experience uh, of the internet, but that was, that was kind of, you know, disheartening. <laughs> well, I, uh, I had a little bit of a different experience. I, you know, those Frigo cheese head cheese sticks, like the, it's like the, the little logos, like the cheese stick guy with like his head, like kind of like breaking his head splitting apart yeah it's graphic (laughs) anyway so they i don't know if it was on the package or what but it was like there's like this um sweepstakes that you could win um like something pretty cool i don't remember what it was but i was probably like six anyway what you had to do is go on this website enter in like your name and birthday and like every day you did that, you'd get like an entry into the sweepstakes. And so I didn't, first of all, you had to be 18, um, which I was not. And then you had to have an email address, which I did not have either. So I remember I asked my mom if I could use hers. And that's, first of all, that's how I learned my mom's birthday because <laughs> I had entered in every day. <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember like logging on like every day for like a week and like putting in my mom's details to get to like win this thing. And I, I don't think I won. That would have been like crazy if I did, but I mean, I didn't have access to her email or anything. So like maybe, maybe I won and just like didn't get the email or something, but that was my first experience with uh, an online sweepstakes. So <laughs> good times. Does your mother still get like marketing information from them? Probably. She still has the same email, so. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess we can move on to the uh, the main topic of today, which uh, we're excited to talk about the metaverse. Um, so let's let's. I know some of us have some strong feelings about the metaverse. Um, I don't know. Does anyone want to explain what the metaverse is for anyone that doesn't know? The metaverse is the real world. What we're living in is not. I think we definitely do need to clarify what we all understand as a metaverse. Have you ever seen the movie The Matrix? Like arguing over the details of this and we're all using different definitions. It's going to get messy real quick. Hmm. Drew, Drew, I feel like you'll be able to give the most computationally based definition of the metaverse. The Matrix. 
well, the what I understand the metaverse to be is like just a a a let's say an animated overlay of reality or something where you you can become a a, a version of yourself um digitally and then go and interact with a, a virtual world and virtual uh, people who are other virtual persons of versions of themselves yeah grant grant says a virtual shared space yeah grant i think that's a that's the best definition uh when i heard it funny going back to our intro i thought it was pop like pop tropica i don't know if you guys ever played that but like, <laughs> yeah i love pop tropica you what, what is that it was it was a virtual shared space it was this online game that you would make a character and then go through different islands and like complete oh but so you mean like like a kind of a crappier version of club penguin yeah but what made it more metaverse is that it brought in a lot of outside things so you had like a diary of a wimpy kid themed island you had like a big nate comics themed island you had a, like a superhero themed island so it was it was the outside world being represented virtually like virtually where you could do mm. things obviously you couldn't in the normal world so I understand the metaverse is just like trying to make Pop Tropica better. It's, it's my my very uh, basic understanding. Pop Tropica is still around in case anyone wants to no way. to join. Yeah, well, I don't think the metaverse is like some crazy complex thing. I mean, the even the title I feel like is. Uh, Someone, you know, someone chose it to make people feel like this was some sort of like quantum leap in technology, but it's really just, it's more of the same, I think. I mean, there's, there's a whole cohort of people who basically live in these virtual worlds all day, video gaming, right? Well, I think that the big push, at least from what I understand is the metaverse, is to take all these disparate services and put them into one central hub. So you can go to a virtual area and be able to go jump on your Xbox and then be able to go jump into a work meeting without ever leaving into the real world to actually switch applications. Um, and my, my personal opinion is that, yeah, the metaverse, this idea has been around forever, right? Like a virtual shared space where we have different parties and people interacting. And I, and I think that it's just, it's just kind of a buzzword. Like we're, we're throwing this word around, like it's going to change the world, but it's just like, a, Oh, really? Oliver agrees. But it's just like, a, I don't know if the technology's there where we can actually have good virtual reality and good virtual reality interactions. Yeah. Yeah. So my question about it would be, to what degree do you guys think this will be a serious technology 
that enables important things and to what degree do you think it will be a frivolous technology and what are the examples you might point to? I predict that pretty soon, like once it's good enough that people can have like good in, like almost, almost in-person meetings. Um, I think that will change the game. Like, um, because why, why have zoom meetings when you could feel like you're actually in the same room, like rather than being having this podcast on zoom, we could be in the same room. Um, like seeing each other's body language, like, like it's it, kind of a, a better experience. I think, I mean, I think personally, I would be down to like have our, our meetings there. Um, I, I, I do see a lot of frivolous like stuff, like some games and some other maybe um, pretty terrible use cases. But I think for the most part, I think it'll just make our online communication better. Um, but maybe that's just like an optimistic part of me. I think there will be some major benefits of having better communication rather than just looking at a screen. Like I could turn over here to, to my left and, and look at James and then to my right, look at Shadrach um, and have like a, a more realistic meeting. So, so what really like adds to that experience to make it feel more realistic for you? Um, because to me, like, uh, I don't, it doesn't feel like there's a lot that's making it that much better than what we're doing right now. Like, I understand that you can have people sort of spatially distributed and have it maybe feel more like a real space like that. But I feel like in some ways you're, st it's still like, I don't know, limited. It It is, but I think it would be kind of like if we just had an audio phone call versus like a zoom call, um, like that extra little bit of like visual, um, awareness, I think makes the experience a lot better. So I think it, it's kind of like that step up from like a zoom call to like a virtual in-person chat like i think just uh being able to see what like someone kind of looks like in a way or like what their avatar looks like or having like a, a sense of presence i think would just make make it even just one step better i don't think it's like revolution like i don't think it would revolutionize um communications but i think it would just make it a little a little bit uh better that's okay. Yeah. I think that's fair because I think the virtual sunglasses that I've put on right now have added just that little bit to this. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> you look like, uh, like John Lennon. It's like the circle sunglasses. It looks pretty good. Yeah. I think it's just added that little bit. I, I think Grant, you bring up a great point. Like, and I think that I think about the things that I would want to be implemented for it to be like a. Uh, oh my goodness, chatty boy today. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen like the metaverse ad from Facebook, but there's this scene where a girl is scrolling through Instagram. Are we done? 
there's a scene where a girl's scrolling through Instagram and she sees a video of her friend posting from a concert and she like swipes on it and all of a sudden her hologram is in the concert and her friend can see her and she can see her friend and she's like essentially at the concert. And you look at it and go, wow, that's so cool. And as like a computer scientist guy, I look at it and go, well, our technology is nowhere near that. You know, there, there is, I'm thinking, okay, where's her hologram coming from? Where are the video, can, you know, like all these logistics. I think we're, we get so excited about this idea of like having a, a physical experience at a meeting in a virtual space so we can collaborate across, you know, continents. Um, we get really excited about this idea, but the, the unfortunate fact is that our technology is nowhere near where it needs to be in order to make that a, a cohesive, cool experience. I don't know if you guys saw the thing where like Mark Zuckerberg met with Neil deGrasse Tyson in the metaverse and they were like trying to do a fist bump and it was like, it was really funny. And it's like these very poorly animated characters trying to like fist bump and interact in this space and it just looked uncomfortable. And it was not something that was like, wow, I cannot wait to do a meeting, you know, like that. So, <laughs> this, is newest, this is his newest talent, by the way. He just likes to kind of talk. But uh, I just don't think we're, our technology is there where we can actually do this well. Well, so, yeah. So, I mean, in that commercial, they kind of glaze over a bunch of challenging realities of it because like in in reality like these two girls they have huge headsets that protrude six inches from their face and they're both slightly nauseous <laughs> so so yeah i do think we're not there yet where this could be really great but i do like I think it's interesting. One thing that's interesting, I think the most like effective metaverse at scale so far seems to have been Fortnite. With like how they've inserted concerts and other things into the games. Um but so that's that's an example of like how these things get commercialized. And I'm interested to see Do you guys think that will be a big trend, you know, where every brick and mortar store in the, the physical world has to have like their presence in the metaverse and, and this sort of stuff? Oh, yeah, it's already happening. Um, even law firms are buying like firms within the virtual space. Like Law firms? Yeah. So it's like if law firms are doing it, like Gucci's already in there, like all these luxury brands are already buying up virtual brick and mortar stores. Or I don't know what the ter proper term is, but like the virtual, like a virtual space, like a virtual realty. Hmm. But, well, shut. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I think, yeah, we're not at the place yet where, you know, everyone should run out and buy like a VR headset. Like we're not at that place yet, but it is important to start thinking about like, what are the concerns? Like, do, do we want to get involved? Do we want our kids to get involved? Um, like, I think it's important to start thinking about that 
because if we wait until it's like viable, then it's already kind of too late. Like, I think that with AI, if we start, if we think, oh, AI is not advanced enough to start worrying about it. Um, and we don't start having the crucial conversations of, you know, what's ethical, what's not, um, if we wait and push that off until it's actually viable, then I think that's already too late. Yeah. Well, Shadrach, I feel like you more than anyone here have interact, like actually used the metaverse. Is that true? Um, or maybe you're just aware of it. I'm aware of it. Um, I've, well, I don't know. I guess I kind of dabbled. I didn't like dive headfirst into it. Um, but I mean, yeah, everything that you guys are talking about is, is valid. I think there's a huge, there's a huge gap, um, currently with what people think the metaverse is versus what it currently actually is. Um, and I think 99% of the world has no idea. Uh, what the metaverse actually is, as of right now, at least. Um, so I think it's an interesting, I, I think we're still in a spot where there is no clear direction for what the metaverse is. Um, like everyone's developing their own version. Like we currently have, yeah, I mean, someone, uh, Grant put in the chat, <laughs> the, you know, uh, talking about the crypto space and everything. I think that's a valid place to talk because there's so many different um, games, if you will, that run on certain cryptos that stand uh, are in the metaverse or that are the metaverse, but the, no, nothing's connected. So many companies are going in different directions with the metaverse that it's like, you know, no one, no one has the singular idea. The, the singular idea of the metaverse comes from popular media um, with, you know, I know I was joking about it earlier, but movies like the matrix, like literally that's, that is one form, one representation of what some people think the metaverse could look like. And, um, and uh, then that also brings up a ton of the ethical issues that Grant was talking about. We need to think about before we get too far in this. Like, um, it was kind of a, I brought it up jokingly, but at the same time, very serious. Like that's one representation. Another one that's probably even more popular is like the movie or the book series Ready Gamer, Ready um, Player One. Like that's what people think of when they think of the metaverse. And yes, we're far away from that, but like that's that's what people are hoping is created. And it, it's not, I would say it's not necessarily about like making our lives any easier, like convenience or like seeing, you know, being able to be with other people you know, in like a holographic way, I think it's more so just like any other attempt at this, um, in, in, you know, recent history of having a second life, having a, another world that you can live in to escape the current one, because in, in, and that's why there's a huge appeal to video games who that have this second life mentality where it's just, you create yourself differently you know, um, and, uh, that's what people, that's what excites people about the metaverse idea, especially when it comes to like the pop culture representation of the metaverse in those movies, like people naturally are thinking about how they can recreate themselves and have a better, 
you know, second life. And so anyways, I think, I think that's, I think there's two completely different directions that the world is going in. People who actually understand the metaverse and what, what it is now and where it's going. But even that pool is very complicated because there's so many different companies trying to go different ways. And then you have pop culture where 99% of the world understands it, right? So I think we're so early on in the metaverse that like literally nothing is defined. I, I wanted actually, so my first thought when we started talking about the ready, the multiverse, multiverse metaverse is, uh, was ready player. Or multiverse. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, James is one of those people who's taking it in a completely different direction. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about alternate timelines. I've got something. Go for it. So do you kept mentioning Shadrach that you have a bunch of different organizations working on metaverses running in different directions mm -hmm. and i wonder like well so the internet i mean part of what makes it great in the web are that there's this huge like huge huge base of public standards that everything is built on so that things are interoperable. But with the metaverse, I don't think there's any of that. And I don't know, are there efforts to develop that? And like, how does collaboration work going forward? Is it a bunch of walled off metaverses that are different and you, you pick different ones based on who knows what? Or is there an effort to create you know, like an overarching metaverse? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I don't, so, uh, I mean, the, the different organizations I'm talking about, they're really games in the crypto space. I mean, you have Sandbox, you have Decentraland. Those are in charge of like mana and sand coins um, in crypto. And they're basically just, it's just the currency that operates within those games. And, and then you have Facebook, of course, the, the big, the big head honcho there. Um, and they're, they're going in completely different directions. None of them are interoperable right now. I don't think they want to be because if one, you know, if they yield to each other, then the value of each of their, especially in the crypto space, the value of each of their coins diminishes. Um, and well, I mean, I don't know, it could go up knowing that there's more use case for like each of the coins, but then one coin will probably die out versus the other, right? So there's, it's hard to tell the direction that it would actually take. Um, but right now they're developing different segments. I mean, they're, they're, each of them wants to be the metaverse because if they can be the metaverse, then they control it and, and it's a lot more valuable for them. And so obviously they don't want to become interoperable. Um, but I, but I think that also diminishes the entire kind of, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it kind of um, ruins the entire idea of a decentralized realm in the crypto space. Like if, if one game develops it and they win, it's not decentralized. Um, <clears throat> anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a different direction here. But no, I don't think it's interoperable right now. I don't think they want it to be. 
um, I think it's going to be a monopoly. Whoever whoever figures it out first, probably going to be Facebook because they have more resources um, and they have more mass adoption. Um, Mindspace, I think they'll probably win unless, you know, some other company comes out of the blue and they says, hey, we've been working on this for a long time, actually. Um, but I think it'll probably be Facebook who, who launches that first version and that becomes the standard. Um, so, yeah, it's because it relies so heavily in the crypto space, I don't think it's it's centralized at all. I don't think it's standardized in any way. So um, did that answer the question? Yeah, I wonder what that looks like, especially if Facebook wins out. Does that mean that I mean, people talk about the metaverse as if, like, it's going to be a place where we spend a significant amount of our time and stuff. And if that happens, then are we living in a dystopian world of Facebook's creation? Essentially. I mean, they would have the monopoly on that. They could control the entire realm, if you would. Um, but I honestly, I don't. I, don't... <clears throat> I think there's too many old men especially in Congress, who won't let that happen um, or who will try and shut it down. Well, they've done nothing so far in terms of regulating these Internet companies. So it's true. But if basically if Facebook succeeds, the, the whole world that they create is totally independent from whatever world we're sitting in right now. And thus, probably to these old men who don't really understand it, it's it's a different world, different country, different, and they're gonna want to put their laws in there. They're gonna want to be able to, you know, collect additional tax. I don't. It's like there's the the only reason they haven't done anything yet is because I don't think there's an actual real threat yet. They've just been talking about it. But once once it becomes legitimate, I think there's just, we're gonna see a whole lot of regulation. And also, part of the reason that the crypto space is yet to be regulated, I think especially in like the United States where they're trying to regulate it right now on a small scale. It's just because the, the adoption is not there. Like world adoption for crypto is like two or 3% at its peak in the last bull run. But right now it's like less than that. It's like 1% maybe. So I think it's just because it's so small that they haven't put enough efforts into regulation. But the moment that that adoption starts to skyrocket again, I guarantee you, you know, those old men from Congress, they're going to be whipping it out and they're going to be trying to, you know, regulate everything. So I have a thought. Um, I do think, I don't know. I, yeah, maybe it's the optimism in me, like the optimist in me, but I do think if we, if, you know, Facebook meta makes this world um, and it has wide adoption, I could see, like our interactions with people rather than just like Snapchat where it's like, you just take a picture, like you could be in person, like talking with someone. And I think that is, that's a step better than just like chatting or like texting with someone, I think. Um, so I think it could ha have the potential to replace like not very good online interactions with better online interactions. 
So the time that we spend like scrolling through Instagram, like we could be like in these virtual spaces, like experiencing new experiences or, or talking with people. Um, so I think if, if we look at it from that point of view of the time, like the hour or so I spend online in these like not very productive or not very like engaging conversations or like just looking at posts that could be replaced with more engaging, more uh, interesting, more uh, like better learning online experiences. So Grant, I think, I think I a hundred percent agree. I think that is actually in the future of this. And I think that will happen, but I think it's only a stepping stone. I don't think that's the end game, right? It's, I think that, will probably be where a lot of the mass adoption occurs. But again, I think there's still going to be that drive to create this, not just into additional shared experiences, but its own world. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think that's when we'll have to start putting limits on how much time we spend, just like with social media, um, like you kind of just have to be your own judge of okay well maybe an hour a day is even too much for me or some people can be on there for two hours or even i guess if it's their job they could be on there eight hours a day um but i i think it just kind of affects everyone differently and so each person kind of has to be their own judge uh which can be a little bit scary uh leaving these like really important things up to to everyone but that's that's life that's agency um freedom to choose so it's interesting i kind of get more excited about augmented reality than i do metaverse just because well i don't know i guess metaverse like things have never been super attractive to me and Like, I, I feel like I want to live in the real world. Um, I just think there's lots of interesting applications for augmented reality. And I think it's interesting that the, the different big tech companies have kind of, like, uh, thrown their hats, like, in these different rings. Like, Facebook's all in on virtual reality and, like, the metaverse. But then Apple and Snapchat have said, like, oh, we're augmented reality companies. And I think I feel like those are kind of divergent uh, views of the world. Like, it's kind of a debate of is our future going to be A or B, um, which is pretty interesting. And I guess if, if Metaverse is A, I'm kind of in the B camp right now. But then again, you know, augmented reality, it feels like we should have a lot of what we need um, to, to do it, but it's not a big part of our lives at this point. So I don't know. Do, do, do any of you guys use any interesting augmented reality apps? Well, Drew, one thing you said that was interesting going back to what we we're talking about ready player one the reason that they all live in that universe is because the outside world is terrible 
you know. And that's kind of a, a key pattern in these dystopian novels and movies where there's a large overarching virtual reality is that the real world is so bad they want to get away from it. And maybe it's the optimist in me, but I, I hope that we don't let our real world get that bad to where people want to spend all of their time in the virtual one, you know? Like, I hope we figure out climate change, and I hope we figure out um, these other issues that that would lead us to that point. Um, and then on your second point, I use the Measure app in iPhone a lot, which is technically augmented reality, you know? Um, I find it, it's not, honestly, it's not super accurate <laughs> sometimes, uh, but it's very useful for making a quick, like, how big is this door? Um, you know, how big is this couch? Is it going to fit the said door? Uh, and those are the types like of questions that you love to ask. Yeah. Like, all, I'm always trying to fit a couch in a door. I don't know why. Or even if you don't have a reason for it, you're just the kind of guy that loves to know how big things are. Like, how big is that, you know, car? Yeah, all the time. You love all the time. that. I, I, I measure absolutely everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't know why that's so funny to think about. James just going around being like, oh my gosh, I wonder how tall those stairs are. I mean, <laughs> it's like 15 feet. Who would have thought? <laughs> but I think that's a, I think that's a really important aspect to me is like AR has to be useful. You know, for me to use it, it's it's got to fill some function that would otherwise be very inconvenient for me, like trying to find a measuring tape and, you know, things like that. So is this a tech podcast now? It's four friends exchanging notes on life, and those notes tend to vary in topic. Yeah, we're on a real, like, tech streak. Next Next episode, we should share some scary stories, spice it up a little bit or something. No, next episode we should go off grid and try to survive for a week and then re-record a podcast with the four of us at the end of the week in the wilderness just to do an anti-metaverse thing. <laughs> I like it. I hope that the metaverse turns out like Tamagotchi's. Where, like, you actually have to take care of things and stuff, or things start <laughs> dying and, and going to chaos. You are the Tamagotchi. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah. If you don't feed your metaverse character, it dies. That is hilarious because also, we just literally put new batteries in a couple of Hannah's old Tamagotchis to mess with. <laughs> I don't know how we got through the whole episode about the metaverse and we didn't talk about the sims growing up i loved playing the sims true classic we're just gonna be we're gonna be the sims <laughs> and then mark zuckerberg will tell us what to do so yeah it sounds great that sounds like a nice life 